Good morning, New Life. Good morning. All right, let's stand and worship Jesus. We're going to pray first. God, you are an awesome God. This morning, we have felt your presence here in this place. We, are, we know that you are here with us this morning. Thank you. Lives are being changed in your presence. And I know that this morning we're going to experience just a little bit more of who you are. We love you so much, Jesus. We pray that you are honored and glorified by our worship this morning. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. And I will worship 
changes what do we see Changes, what do we see? What do we see? Jesus, yes, you change everything. When you move, you move all our fears. When you Stop. 
Nothing can tame a God all-powerful. Just think about that for a moment. Whatever's going on in your life, nothing can tame a God all-powerful. Let's uh, give me some background, something, Deborah, playing in the background. Let's go ahead and dismiss the kids and please be standing. Stay standing. Have a good day, guys. Teens, too. We are having teens today since we did last week. Teens, get out. (laughs) We're going to talk about you today. I don't know what's going on in the life of most of you. I know what's going on in my life. And I need a God that's all-powerful. So let's just pray real quick. And then we're going to open the altar up for you to come to cast your cares upon Him. If you need a God all-powerful, today's the day to seek Him. Let's pray. Father, You're not a game to us. You're not a religion. You are our God. We don't look to you to help us win the lottery because with you as our God, the lottery is insignificant to us. We don't look to you as the one to fight all our battles, even though you will. We look to you to give us hope in the battle. That victory is yours. So Father, I'm not sure what's going on, whether there's marriages that are struggling or whether there's just hearts that are broken or whether depression is taking over or discouragement or just struggling with life. Let us cast our cares upon you today. We know that you're hearing us. We know that you're hearing our cries, you're hearing our prayers. We know that you're a God that answers prayer. So we call upon you today. In Jesus' name we pray, with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you've got something heavy on your heart, you just want to give to the Lord, why don't you just come to this altar?
this room with your presence. You're here to answer prayers that we may not even be able to pray. Pain so deep, Lord God, that if our spirit doesn't speak to you, we, we just can't get the words out. We look to you to hear our cries. Fight our battles. Give us victory. We love you so, Lord. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence, Lord. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence, Lord. We need your spirit. We need your presence. We need your power, Lord. Fathers, we begin to bring the word of God to these people. Open their hearts up to hear what your spirit says. Open their hearts up to hear your word. To each individual in the room. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence, Lord. We need your presence. we pray and all God's people said y'all may be seated we're going to step out of judges for one Sunday because I felt that what I had for this week was too much for this congregation at this time it especially concerns me when I get the sense that even the spiritually mature would not possibly be moved by the Spirit. And some people may ask, why change directions? Why make a move like that? Because preaching is not teaching. Preaching has aspects of teaching, but it's a very different ministry of the Holy Spirit. Paul said this about preaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. And I'm using King James because that's where I go when I want to get back to my roots. So get used to the these and the thous. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to, unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. I think he had Parkinson's. He's trying to lighten the mood just a hair. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power 
of God. Some have the gift of teaching, and it's a significant gift uh, for the church. It's actually outside of going, therefore, and teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Then there's teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So it is a very important gift in the church. But it's different than preaching. Preaching, in my opinion, is connected to the Holy Spirit as a demonstration and a direct work of the Spirit of God. And it's not the only work of the Spirit of God, but it is a work of the Spirit of God. So I want to be careful with how you receive what I'm saying today. And believe it or not, with preaching, there are times that it is ineffective. But what will surprise you is the Scripture teaches that it's ineffective on purpose by God at times. While I told you we're going to go through a season in the book of Isaiah, I haven't spent as much time praying about it as I wanted to, and I haven't put all the pieces together that I feel confident enough to say this is what God's saying to this congregation. We'll get there, but I am going to use an aspect of Isaiah chapter 6 today. Because I feel like that's exactly where God is leading me to lead you in this moment of preaching. If you study Isaiah chapter 6, you'll find that Isaiah experienced the presence of God. He saw the Lord sitting high upon the throne, and meaning that Isaiah was standing in the throne room of God himself. Get that picture in your mind, standing in the throne room of God himself. And what he experienced was a room filled with God's presence, accompanied with angelic beings who were doing nothing but worshiping God over and over and over again. For those of you who struggle with worship, you will hate heaven. Whenever God spoke, it shook everything. Whenever the voice of God came out, everything shook. And this experience humbled Isaiah greatly. It caused Isaiah to cry out in fear and confession of sin. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Because he saw the king, the Lord of hosts. Because he confessed his sin, an angelic being, the scripture teaches, provided cleansing from the altar of God, saying that your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And as the Lord continued to speak, Isaiah understood that the Lord needed someone to go speak the word of God to the people of God, to go preach to his people. And the Lord said, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? To which Isaiah then surrendered his life to this high calling of, of, of preaching the word of God. And the Lord gave him the first message to preach to the people of God. And this is the message that God gave Isaiah to preach to the people of God. I love it. It's my favorite message. He said, go tell these people, Isaiah 6, 9. Go tell tell these people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. What? See ye indeed, but perceive not. 
the message that he was supposed to craft for these people, that he was supposed to make, was to make the heart of the people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Then said I, this typical preacher, how long? How long will I preach this message that they're not going to listen to? They're not going to comprehend. They're not going to see. And he said, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord has removed men far away and there will be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. Which was really the Babylonian captivity, if you want to study that out, that's actually happened. I think it's comparison to 2 Thessalonians 2-3 where the scripture teaches that there's going to be a great falling away at some point in time. I think we're in that right now. Where we're in a great falling away. But yet in it there shall be a tenth and it shall return and, it, and shall be eaten. A, and a te- as a teal tree and as, as an oak whose substance is in them when they cast out their leaves. So the holy seed shall be to the substance thereof. And there's a whole lot that goes into that. But that's really more Isaiah chapter 4 or 5. I can't remember which one's the branch. This was a message for a specific season at a specific time to a specific people. To a particular man of God. But the message was clear. Isaiah's preaching would fall on deaf ears. Imagine, if you could, how many of you have teenagers? Imagine, imagine if you could, God saying, I want you to teach your teenagers something, but they're not going to listen to you. They're not, they're not going to obey you. No matter what you say, there's going to be no response. They're not going to pay attention to you. They're going to ignore what you're saying. And you're just going to keep saying it over and over and over again and they're not going to listen to a word that you say. And I want you to do that till they move out. And then don't let them back in. Only let a tenth of them. So if you've got ten kids, you can let one come back. Imagine being given a message from God for the people of God and preaching it knowing they would not receive it. And that would be the message of his ministry. We read Isaiah now and say, oh, there's such great stuff in it. But when he was preaching it, nobody was listening to it. Nobody was moved by it. Nobody was converted by it. Preaching, according to Paul, remember, was the demonstration of spirit and power of God himself. And why I've done, said all that is to get to this, which is what came to me Monday morning when I was just trying to read the Bible. Jesus spoke on this while quoting Isaiah chapter 6 in the parable of the sower. And he said this in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given to you, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Meaning that the kingdom of heaven, there's, there's a mystery to it. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, 
to him it shall be given, and he shall have more and more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him it shall be taken away even that which he hath. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing they, ye shall hear, and not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and the ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Doesn't sound like the God that we want to believe in, right? We want to believe in a God that makes everything clear to us. Blessed, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, for that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which ye see, and, you, and have not seen them, and to hear the things which ye hear, and have not heard them, speaking of the presence of Jesus himself. Jesus spoke in parables to hide the truth from those who wouldn't listen to the Holy Spirit. But to those who are open to the Holy Spirit, the mysteries of the kingdom would be made known. Meaning that the word of God is not a book designed to explain and educate in the way that we would perceive it should be done. Like a self-help book. It has a spiritual aspect to it that is concealed from those who are not willing to add the Holy Spirit to their understanding. It's not just something you can sit down and read and say, oh, I understand it all. In fact, I've been studying this thing for most of my life, and I still, there's lots of parts of it that I'm like, what are you talking about? See, parables to Jesus were not seeking to convey spiritual information, but to challenge those to the conviction of sin. I'm sorry, to challenge those hearers to spiritual transformation or conversion. His idea was, I'm going to give you the word of God and I'm going to give you the spirit of God and the spirit of God is going to help you understand what the word of God is saying and when you understand what the word of God says then I'll be able to change the way you're thinking and the way, the way you're acting and the way you're living. This is why Paul said his preaching did not contain earthly wisdom but was a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. So when we read the parable of the sower where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, he spake many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, because they had no root, and they withered away. And some fell on, among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but the other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Then he says, who has ears to hear, let him hear. He goes on later and explains to his disciples what he was talking about, and that's where we get the understanding. But if you didn't have the understanding of Jesus' explanation of what that means, and you did not include the Spirit of God, you would not have understood what that passage meant. Because he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you with me so far? The sower is the man of God sent by God to preach the word of God to a people of God. And some of those seeds fall by the waysides and are devoured by birds. 
Some seeds fall in shallow places without roots and they become weak and they quickly die. Some seeds fall in the weeds and get choked out and die. Some seeds fall on good ground, holy ground, and it bears spiritual fruit. And you can read the explanation in verses 18 through 23 on your own. Because I just want to focus on one aspect of it today. I want to focus on the seeds that get eaten up by the birds. The seed, which is the word of God, never gets a chance to bear fruit in the soul of man because the spirit of God is rejected. And the birds pluck it and take it out. That's why I entitled this sermon, Beware of the Birds. Last week, I went, Beware the Bears, and I, that was a last-minute change. And this week, I didn't plan on Beware of the Birds. I came up with that and forgot that I said Beware of the Bear. <laughs> so, so it must be God. Paul said that in the latter days of the earth that men would be ever learning but never able to come to know the truth. Ever learning but never able to come to know the truth because they're not using the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given us to understand what the scripture teaches. We're just trying to educate ourselves. And there would be a time when the word of God will become wholly educational and not wholly transformational. This book should change your life. It should change you. If it's not changing you, you're just getting an education on what the Bible says, not who God is. Because you're letting the birds come and take away the seed of the word of God. And you're not receiving it. So I just got done preaching six months worth of messages and I said to myself, why in the world did I just do that? If it hasn't transformed anybody. Because sometimes God says, I'm not going to let them hear what the Spirit says. So we'll see if you're listening today. Because there's birds we need to be aware of. There's, there's three birds the Bible teaches us that um, we need to be aware of. And the first one is the bird of bloating. Beware of the bird of bloating. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Make the heart of this people fat. Make the heart of this people fat. The preacher's job was to fill you up so much that your heart got fat. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 15, he says, For this people's heart is waxed gross. It's full. The word fat can be translated full. Meaning that God told Isaiah to preach and to preach and to preach the word of God so much that they're so full of preaching that they're no longer hungry for the word of God. Preach so much to them. Give them so many messages from God that they're just full of the word of God, but they don't digest it and they don't grow from it. Get them so full they're no longer hungry for the word of God. Now the interesting thing about hunger is, hunger is an emotion. Just, do you know anybody who gets hangry? You find out how real. I used to have a, an assistant pastor on staff, and at 11 o'clock, I had a candy bar in my lunch drawer because at 11 o'clock, he would get angry. 
he would come in my office and yell about all sorts of stuff. And I would give him the candy bar. And he, he was the calmest guy you'd ever know until 11 o'clock in the morning. Hunger is an emotion. It's a feeling of discomfort and weakness caused by a lack of food. And it's coupled with a desire or a passion to eat. So there seems to be uh, a teaching going around that says that you shouldn't be emotional around God. You shouldn't be emotional around God. Hold on. I got to make sure that I've got my, there we go. Yet what's interesting about this is in Isaiah, in the presence of God, felt fear. He felt guilt. He felt shame. When God spoke, things shook and it scared him. And after being cleansed of his sin, he felt encouragement, confidence, surrender. Is that not what happened to you when you surrendered your sins to God? You went from feeling fear and guilt and shame in the presence of God to feeling confident and encouraged and surrendered like you want to give your life to this one this being and it's an emotional decision there's a woman in Luke chapter 7 who came to Jesus so overwhelmed by him that she wept so much that she had enough tears to wash his feet that's a lot of crying Jesus said this to Peter in Luke chapter 7 verse 45. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But unto whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Some of you are so full of the word of God, you no longer have the same emotion that you used to have about it. You're so full of, of study. You're so full of preaching. You're so full of teaching that you no longer have the same passport because you're not digesting what you're eating. You're just stuffing yourself with Oreos. You probably stopped feeling sorrow for your sin when you read the Bible. You probably stop feeling joy when you find something about forgiveness that's mentioned by God. Some of you, some of you are so fat, you can no longer feel. Some of you are so fat, you can no longer feel the words of God. When's the last time the word of God moved you from a preaching standpoint where you wept and repented and ran to the altar to get rid of your sin. You say, well, it has to do with the speaker. Paul says, I, I didn't come with enticing words of wisdom. I came with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. When was the last time you were moved to Repent. It's not like I preach, I don't preach on sin. At least, maybe not yours, preach on everybody else's. Which is a whole other one section we'll work on here in just a minute. Because God's planted the seed and he's put it in your heart and you've let the birds come and take it away from you because you're so bloated, you can't add anything else. So you can't even hear the word of God clearly because you're so 
fat with facts. When was the last time you wept in the presence of God? Beware the birds of bloating. Some of us get so bloated that we stop hearing the word of God. Second, beware, bird, bird to beware of. Beware of the birds of blocking. Isaiah 6, 9 says, and make their ears heavy. Jesus said, Matthew 13, 15, and their ears are dull of hearing. How many of you have heard something preached before or something like it? And you say, that's just the same message I heard last week. There's nothing wrong with the message or the messenger. What's wrong is you obviously didn't get it the first time, so God gave it to you a second time. I've had people say, is that all you do is preach that same word all the time? Yep. Until you get it, I'm just going to keep preaching it over and over because that's all I got. He doesn't give me anything new. I've only got his word. Some of you, there's so many more interesting things to listen to than the word of God. And your ears are heavy. You can't hear when God's speaking to you anymore. Because the birds of blocking come and they just take that seed out of your heart. Because you've heard it before. And, or, or you're seeking after hearing something new. This generation is great for that. You're always looking for somebody to say something new. It's the same message that's been preached for over 2,000 years. It hasn't changed that much. It's preached out of the same book that people have been preaching out of for 2,000 years. It hasn't changed that much. If somebody comes up with something new that you've never heard before, either you don't read your Bible, amen, or you don't listen to preaching, amen, or they're telling you a lie because it's not, there's nothing new under the sun. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. But some of you are deaf to the word because you want to hear something new or you want to hear something different. It's the same message. Christ died to save sinners. I can take that just a couple of different ways. Christ died to save sinners or sinners will die without Christ. I mean, I can... John chapter 8, verse 47, Jesus said, He that is of God hears God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because you are not of God. It always makes me worry when somebody stops listening to the preaching of the word of God. Are they a person of God? Beware of the birds of bloating. Beware of the birds of blocking. Beware of the birds of blinding. Now Isaiah says, God said to Isaiah, shut their eyes. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 14, and their eyes have they closed. So I don't know which one are you, either your eyes have been closed by God or you've closed your own eyes. But this means they don't see things from God's perspective. 
They don't see that the Holy Spirit might be speaking to them. They can see where he's speaking to somebody else. How many times have you been in a service where you've heard the word of God preached and you're thinking, this would be a good message for Pat. (laughs) Pat really needs to hear this. You didn't hear a word that was said to you because you think you're exempt or you're special or you're extra or whatever you are. And you can only see Pat's sin. You can't look at yourself and see your own. Because I don't believe there's a message that's ever preached in this pulpit that isn't for everybody in the room. It's so easy to look at everybody else's sin. We're supposed to, according to the scripture, examine ourselves to see if we're of the faith. You're not supposed to examine somebody else's salvation. Why don't you examine your own? We're so busy judging everything else instead of listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Because the birds of blinding come in and they take that seed out and say, and you tell them, go ahead and take that over to Pat. Pat needs that seed. In fact, Pat needs a handful of seeds on whatever that sin is. (laughs) And you don't hear the word of God. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, I'll go back to that. It says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their voice, I'm sorry, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. What he says is these Birds who are satanic in nature will cause you to hear the word of God but not understand it. And it has nothing to do with who's preaching or how it was presented because the word of God doesn't return void. It does exactly what God intended it to do. And if God intended the word of God to come to you and for you not to hear it, you're not going to hear it. But it's only because you're not open to hearing it through the lens of the Holy Spirit's voice. You will be given a vision of the word of God, but you will not perceive it. You'll be given an opportunity to be changed by the word of God. You'll be given the opportunity to be healed and changed by the word of God, but you won't receive it. Because of the birds of bloating, blocking, and blinding. Matthew 13, 19, Jesus goes on to say, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. We quench the spirit, we grieve the spirit, we ignore the spirit because we're so full of information that we've stopped being inspired by the Spirit of God. We've stopped digesting our food and we're just fat. We don't meditate on the Word of God. We don't spend time with God about His Word. We just keep filling up. 
We don't hear what he's saying. He's speaking to everyone in this room today, but some of you are not hearing it. Well, you're not explaining it well. It's not my job to explain it. It's my job to preach it and for the Holy Spirit's job to transform it into, translate it to you. But you've got to be open to that translation. And some of you, you just can't see that God's trying to speak to you, which drives me nuts. Because I don't care how holy you are, he's still trying to talk to you. Jesus himself had to communicate with God. Amen? And you're not Jesus. You may be nice, you may be good, but you're not Jesus. Paul said to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to those who are lost. That scares me. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them, unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. What would happen? What would happen if you got on a spiritual diet? And you actually let your mind and your heart and your soul digest what God is saying. One of the things that frustrates people or has frustrated people in the past is we used to preach. I used to teach Sunday school, preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know what I noticed? I could preach all that and teach all that. And we just had a bunch of fat Christians who had lots of information, but they were not meditating on the word of God. They did not stop and just meditate on the word of God they did not try to digest what God was saying to them they were just getting more information just oh this this is a cool thing let me share this with you you want to share something about the scriptures share transformation share how it's changed your life how it's made you repent of sin how it's made you change the way you act and you don't even have to share that because your friends and family will go what happened to you well I was listening to the word of God and the word of God (laughs) Just got a hold of my heart and made me repent of my sin and I became different. I was standing in the throne room of God and I heard the voice of God and it shook everything and it scared me to death. And I repented and he removed the sin from me and I surrendered my life unto him. Because I wasn't looking for more information. I was looking for the Holy Spirit's inspiration that would end up becoming Holy Spirit transformation. What if you actually listen to the still small voice of God? What if you actually listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying to you? Meaning you have to block out all the other junk that's in your head. Because some of you right now are thinking about, when's this guy going to shut up so I can have lunch? And where are we going to eat lunch? Because I'm really hungry. I think we should go to Plaza. Let's all go to Plaza together. And let's buy Pastor Andy lunch because he's a good guy. Okay, you're not thinking that. You're thinking the other things. You're, or you're thinking, this is what I'm going to do this afternoon. Or, or I can't wait till he gets done with the preaching because this is stupid. Hey, I only say that because I used to think that when I sat in church. 
when will this preacher get done? Will he stop? He's just rambling. Now he's just rambling. <laughs> now he's fishing for something and spitting all over the place. What happened if we actually listened to the still small voice of God who's trying to speak to our hearts right now about our relationship with Jesus Christ? Or what if we actually listened to the still small voice that's speaking to us about reconciliation with our friends and our family? Who wants you to repent of your sin to restore a relationship that's been devastated because of sin? You say, well, you didn't preach on that. I know. You can't tell me the Spirit of God is not telling you that you're wrong to not reconcile that relationship. What we have a tendency to do is listen to our own little still small voice and say, I need to remove myself from this person instead of reconcile. Even though we know he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We don't want to listen to that part. We want to listen to the part that we can remove ourselves from people. I don't know where that's all coming from. Probably a couple that came in here and they're kind of mad at each other. No, don't. Do you hear the Spirit of God saying reconcile, 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 reconcile? Repent and reconcile? Forgive and reconcile? Not enticing words of wisdom. What if you just looked in the mirror of ourselves and saw your sin and stopped looking at everybody else's sin? The Holy Spirit has no reason to talk to you about somebody else's sin when you've got enough of your own that he can have conversations about. What if? What if he just looked in the mirror and said, Lord, what do I need to do to get things right with you? Because Isaiah, standing in the throne room of God, says, I'm a sinner. I'm a man of unclean lips. And where I've chosen to live is in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I've chosen to live in this place of sin. What would happen if you heard the voice of God and he said, move from that place? But you looked in the mirror and saw you, not everybody else. I wish you would stop saying this sermon would be good for somebody else because this sermon is good for you. And the only reason you're not hearing it is because God's saying, I'm not going to let them hear. Which means I'm going to get done with this and then I'm going to go home and beat myself up for another sermon wasted. Someone's going to say, oh no, pastor, it wasn't wasted. Let me see life transformation. Let me see the Spirit of God transform your life, heal you, change you. That's where it's at. Isaiah 55.10 says, see, I'm all over Isaiah right now. So, so you're going to get a lot of Isaiah, though we're not intentionally giving you Isaiah. <laughs> For as the rain comes down in Astoria. <laughs> can you believe we had a day of 80 degree weather? Yes. And then we woke up this morning and it was raining. <laughs> Welcome to Astoria. As the rain comes down, because we know it's going to happen and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but waters the earth, and maketh it bring forth bud and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 
so shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper the thing that I, whereunto I sent it. For, it shall, for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and the trees of the field shall clap your hands. It is similar to nature that God designed spiritual growth. Where his word is on purpose to please God and, and is possible for us to hear. And that his word will bring in our lives joy and lead us to a life of peace. And move us to break out in singing and praise of the one true God. When was the last time you just broke out in praise from the word of God that he shared with you? Not a, something new, but something transformational in you. Beware of the birds. Don't let the seed sown by God get sucked out by Satan. Beware the birds. Let's stand for a moment. Father, I want to believe that you did not give me a message that would fall on deaf ears. I want to believe that this is a group of people who are listening to the Spirit of God and I'm not even sure that they heard what I was saying and I don't think it's important that they hear what I'm saying. I think it's important that they hear what you're saying. Father, I know Satan's trying to snatch the seeds of the Word of God out away from these people. He does not want them transformed by the message of the Word of God. He does not want them changed. He does not want them healed. He wants to take away that which you are sowing every week into their hearts. You told us in your word To be watchful as Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And there's somebody in this room he's trying to devour right now. That They didn't hear a word that was said because they did not let the Holy Spirit speak to them. They were looking for a message from a man of God that would make them informed or happy or glad or mad. It doesn't matter. Without your spirit, the preaching of the word of God, the teaching of the word of God, the reading of the word of God, none of it's any good without the spirit of God. Maybe today we need to repent. Because you, your word says that where two or three are gathered together in, in your name, you're in the midst of them, meaning that you're present here today. And you are the one that rules and reigns over the throne of this church. Jesus is the head of the church. And we should be feeling some emotion at this moment. Unless we're so full, so fat, 
on information that we can no longer feel. Standing in your presence should cause us to weep. Should cause us to tremble. But it should also cause us to triumph over sickness and death and pain and hurt and anger and bitterness and loss. It should make us want to surrender our lives to this God who gave us the forgiveness of sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Help us to beware of the birds. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I'm not sure whether any of you want to move, but the altar's open. Maybe you need to repent of letting the birds bloat you, block you, and blind you. Maybe you need to rejoice in that God has revealed His truth and His word to you. And that He's transformed you, that He's converted you, that you are changed, that you are different today because of the word of God. Not because of a message spoke by a spectacular speaker, but that the Spirit of God has spoke to your heart about truth. Maybe you need to say, Father, it's been a while since I've had emotion about your word. It's been a while since I've been moved by the preaching of the word of God. Not because some pastor built up an emotional moment, but because I heard your voice and I recognized my sin. And when I repented, I was freed from that. I was cleansed of that. My sin was atoned for and I can't help but rejoice and what you've done for me, and what you do for me, and what you will do for my family, if they just hear the word of God. Spirit move. Spirit move. We need you now. Spirit move. Spirit move. We need Father, help us to be a people who hear your word. Who hear your voice. Who digest what you say to us. That we meditate and we dwell in your word and your ways. We spend time in prayer seeking truth. 
Not our truth, but your truth. Help us to recognize your voice over the voice of man. And help us to respond to that voice in such a way that makes us rejoice. And open our eyes up to ourselves. Help me not look at my spouse and dwell on her sin when I'm dwelling in mine. Show me the truth when I look in the mirror. As David prayed. We would see our own sin. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence, Lord. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence, Lord. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time today. I I pray that this is not an Isaiah chapter 6 moment. But I think we need to be aware of the birds. That we can be aware of the birds. Let us not lose an opportunity to get to know you in a deeper, more passionate, more powerful way. Because if we can see you and hear you and understand you, you can change us. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. Guys, thanks for coming today. Have a great afternoon. I think the sun may be shining. I don't know. I can't tell. God bless, guys.